Hello there, and welcome to Strength in the Storms. Today I'd like to begin in Esther chapter 2, verse 1. Sometime later, when King Ahasuerus' anger had cooled down, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decided against her. The king's personal attendants suggested that a search be made for a beautiful young woman for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in each province of his kingdom so that they may assemble all the beautiful young women to the harem at the fortress of Susa. Put them under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and give them the required beauty treatments. Then the young woman who pleases the king will become queen instead of Vashti. This suggestion pleased the king, and he did accordingly. In the fortress of Susa, there was a Jewish man named Mordecai, son of Jair, son of Shammai, son of Kish, a Benjaminite. He had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the other captives when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took King Jeconiah of Judah into exile. Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin Hadassah, that is, Esther, because she didn't have a father or a mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good-looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command and edict became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's care. Esther was also taken to the palace and placed under the care of Haggai, who was in charge of the woman. The young woman pleased him and gained his favor, so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments and the special diet that she received. He assigned seven hand-picked female servants to her from the palace and transferred her and her servants to the harem's best quarters. Esther did not reveal her ethnic background or her birthplace because Mordecai had ordered her not to. Every day, Mordecai took a walk in front of the harem's courtyard to learn how Esther was doing and to see what was happening to her. During the year before each woman's turn to go to the king, the harem re- Regulation required her to receive beauty treatments with oil of myrrh for six months and then with perfumes and cosmetics for another six months. When the young woman would go to the king, she was given whatever she requested to take with her from the harem to the palace. She would go in the evening and in the morning she would return to a second harem under the king's supervision of Shashkaz, the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines. She never went to the king again unless he desired her and summoned her by name. Esther was the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai who had adopted her as his own daughter. When her turn came to go to the king, she did not ask for anything except what Haggai, the trusted official in charge of the harem, suggested. Esther won approval on the side of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Ahasuerus in the royal palace in the tenth month, the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won more favor and approval from him than did any of the other young women. He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen in the the place of Vashti. The king held a great banquet for all of his officials and staff. It was Esther's banquet. He freed his provinces from taxes, from tax payments, and gave gifts worthy of the king's bounty. When the young women were assembled together for a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate.
Esther still had not revealed her, her birthplace or her ethnic background, as Mordecai had directed. She obeyed Mordecai's orders, as she always had while he raised her. To think about it, Esther was probably just a typical girl. A normal girl, growing up just like the rest of the girls in her time. But God chose Esther for something special and non-typical, non-normal. You might be chosen to be the lead of a play or to be the top of your band class and to do a solo. You might be perfectly normal or you could be the odd one out, but God can still use you for whatever he needs to use you for. He can still use you for great and mighty things. Will you also now please join me in Esther chapter three verse 6 and when he learned of Mordecai's ethnic identity Haman decided not to do away with Mordecai alone he planned to destroy all of Mordecai's people the Jews throughout Ahasuerus's kingdom in the first month of Nisan in King Ahasuerus's 12th year per that is the lot was cast before Haman for each day in the month and it fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Then Haman informed King Ahasuerus, There is one ethnic group scattered throughout the peoples in every province of your kingdom, yet living in isolation. There are laws different from everyone else's. They do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If the king approves, let an order be drawn up authorizing their destruction, and I will pay 375 tons of silver to the accountants for deposit in the royal treasury. The king removed his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of, son of, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the enemy of the Jewish people. Then the king told Haman, The money and people are given to you to do with as you fit, fit. Fit. Haman, the bad guy, he absolutely positively hated the Jewish people. Verse chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 states why. One Jew, in certain, Mordecai, he wouldn't bow down to Haman because he was a Jew, and Jewish people were only supposed to bow down to God and worship God, no graven image or a man. Haman learned of his ethnic group. He sought to destroy them all, not only Mordecai, putting in danger the queen. Yeah, you heard that right, the queen. Well, obviously Haman must not have known that Esther was the queen, or else he was just being stupid. Well, it says that Esther didn't tell anybody she was a Jewish, she was Jewish, because Mordecai had told her not to. Please join me in Esther, chapter 4, verse 4. Esther's female servants and her eunuchs came and reported the news to her, and the queen was overcome with fear. She sent clothes for Mordecai to wear, so he could take off his sackcloth, but he did not accept them. Esther summoned Hatak, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to her, and dispatched him to Mordecai to learn what he was doing and why. So Hatak went out to Mordecai in the city square in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened. 
as well as the exact exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay the royal treasury for the slaughter of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa, ordering their destruction so that Hatak might show it to Esther, explain it to her, and command her to approach the king, implore his favor, and plead with him personally for her people. Hatak had come and repeated Mordecai's response to Esther. Esther spoke to Hatak and commanded him to tell Mordecai. All the royal officials and all the people of the royal provinces know that one law applies to every man or woman who approaches the king in the inner courtyard and who has not been summoned, the death penalty. Only if the king extends the golden scepter, that person will live. I have not been summoned to appear before the king for the last 30 days. Esther's response was reported to Mordecai. Mordecai told the messenger to reply to Esther, Don't think that you will escape the fate of all the Jews because you are in the king's palace. If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, day or night. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king, even if it is against law. If I perish, I perish. When Mordecai found out about Haman's plan to kill all of the Jews, he was so sad, he put on scratchy goat cloth and ashes and took it so far, he went out to the middle of the city and cried bitterly. Having a conversation with Esther through her eunuch, Hatak, Esther finally decided to go to the king, even though she could have died. Well, I think what made Esther actually decide to go to the king was where Mordecai said, if you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows if perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this in verse 14. Well, Esther knew that if she went to the king without being called or summoned, she could die. But she also knew that she was going to die if she didn't. So that is why she said, if I perish, I perish in verse 14. Please join me now in Esther chapter 5, verse 1. On the third day, Esther dressed up in her royal clothing and stood in the inner courtyard of the palace, facing it. The king was sitting in the royal, on the royal throne in the royal courtroom, facing its entrance. As soon as he saw Esther standing in the courtyard, she won his approval. The king extended the golden scepter in his hand toward Esther. She approached and touched the tip of the scepter. What is it, Queen Esther? The king asked. Whatever you want, even to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. If it pleases the king, Esther replied, may the king and Amon come today to the banquet I have prepared for them. 
the king commanded, hurry and get Haman, so that we can do this as Esther has requested. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. While drinking the wine, the king asked Esther, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. Whatever you want, even to half the kingdom, it shall be done. Esther answered, this is my petition and my request. If the king approves of me, and if, it he, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and perform my request, may the king and Haman come to the banquet I have prepared for them tomorrow. I will do what the king has asked. Okay, so Esther, she did go to the king, but she didn't instantly demand anything. She simply invited them to a banquet. Just the king and Haman. Well, you'd think she'd make her final move and call Haman out at that first banquet. But when the king asked her what she wanted, she said she will make another banquet tomorrow. Then she would tell him. She was probably nervous, probably running different case scenarios in her mind of what could happen. The king could have rejected her. The king could not have loved her. But she had faith and so she made another banquet next day and the king when she asked she made the request humbly she said if it pleases the king to grant my request so she was showing that she was being humble she wasn't demanding anything she was asking the king told her she could have anything she wanted even half his whole kingdom and it would be given to her okay i know what you may be thinking you might be thinking well now she tells the king she's a jew but she was just listening to her cousin mordecai who had told her not to tell anybody she was a jew well when esther made her request she was also humble she practically said if i'm worthy enough for you to grant my request. She called her own husband, my king. And the problem was dealt with. What Esther's story tells is that anyone can be called by God and anything could be happening for God's reason. God always has a way of working things together for the good of those who love him, which means God is always gonna do everything right. Where Romans 8:28 says God, works everything together for the good of those who love him and also when we trust in him that he has a plan for our lives and he is going to fulfill it we know that he is because it's what he says philippians chapter 1 says in verse 6 i am sure of this that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of christ jesus that means God is working every bit of your life together. Every part of trouble, every part of trial, every bad day is working for God's glory. It may not seem like it, but just be patient. Just wait on God and he will fulfill everything he has started in you. I'm Evelyn and that was your podcast for this day. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And remember, don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell your storm how big your God is.